You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Well, happy Tuesday. The countdown to Christmas at Eastside is on and uh, we're kicking off tomorrow night in Anaheim and the days ahead at all of our other locations. Check it out at at eastside.com. A few days ago, we talked about how the innkeeper missed out on Christmas. I want to share a powerful story by an author by the name of Robert Fulgram. And he tells of an experience where he missed out on a valuable gift that was given to him. Maybe you can identify with his story. He writes, the cardboard box is marked the good stuff. And as he, he says, as I write, I can see the box where it's stored on a high shelf in my studio. I like being able to see it. The box contains those odds and ends of personal treasures that have survived many bouts of clean it out and throw it away that sees me from time to time. A thief look, looking into the box wouldn't take anything. He couldn't get a dime for any of it. But if the house ever catches on fire... The box goes with me when I run. One of the keepsakes in the box is a a small paper bag. And though the top is sealed with duct tape, staples, and, and several paper clips, there is a ragged rip in one side through which the contents may be seen. This particular lunch sack has been in my care for almost 14 years. But it really belongs to my daughter, Molly. Soon after she came of school age, she became an enthusiastic participant in packing lunch for me, her brothers, and for herself. Each bag got its share of sandwiches, apples, milk money, and sometimes a note or a treat. One morning, Molly handed me two bags as I was about to leave. One regular lunch sack and the one with duct tape, staples, and paper clips. Why two bags? The other one is something else. What is in it? Just some stuff. Take it with you, she said, not wanting to hold court over the matter. I stuck both sacks into my briefcase, kissed the child, rushed off. At midday, while hurriedly scarfing down my real lunch, I tore open Molly's bag and shook out the contents. Two hair ribbons, three small stones, a plastic dinosaur, a pencil stub, a tiny seashell, two animal crackers, a marble, a used lipstick, a small doll, two chocolate kisses, and 13 pennies. I smiled. How charming. Rising to hustle off to all the important business of the afternoon, I swept the desk clean into the wastebasket. Leftover lunch, Molly's lunch and all. There wasn't anything in there I needed. That evening, Molly came to stand beside me while I was reading the paper. Where's my bag? What bag? You you know, the one I gave you this morning. I left it at the office. Well, why? I forgot to put this note in it. And she hands over the note. Besides, I want it back. Why? Those are my things in that sack, Daddy. The ones I really like. I thought you might like to play with them, but now I want them back. You didn't lose the bag, did you, Daddy? Tears puddled in her eyes. No, I just forgot to bring it home, I lied. Bring it tomorrow, okay? Sure thing, don't worry. And as she hugged my neck with relief, I unfolded the note that had not gotten into the sack. I love you, Daddy. Oh, and also, uh uh-oh, I look long at the face of my child. She was right. What was in the sack was something else. Molly had given me her treasures that a seven-year-old held dear. 
love in a paper sack. And I had missed it, not only missed it, but had thrown it in the wastebasket because there wasn't anything in there I needed. It wasn't the first or the last time I felt my daddy permit was about to run out. It was a long trip back to the office, but there was nothing else to be done. So I went. The pilgrimage of a penitent. Just ahead of the janitor, I picked up the wastebasket and poured out the contents on my desk. I was sorting it all out when the janitor came in to do his chores. Lose something? Yeah, my mind. It's probably in there all right, he said. What does it look like? And I will help you find it. I started not to tell him, but I couldn't feel any more of a fool than I was already, so I told him. (laughs) He smiled. I got kids, too. And so the Brotherhood of Fools searched the trash and found the jewels. He smiled at me, and I smiled at him. You're never alone in these things. Never. After washing the mustard off the dinosaurs and spraying the whole thing with breath freshener to kill the smell of onions, I carefully smoothed out the wadded ball of brown paper into a semi-functional bag and put the treasure inside and carried the whole thing home gingerly like an injured kitten. The next evening, I returned it to Molly. No questions asked, no explanations offered. The bag didn't look so good, but the stuff was all there, and that is all that counted. After dinner, I asked her to tell me about the stuff in the sack, and she took it out, a piece at a time, placed the objects in a row on the dining room table. It took a long time to tell. Everything had a story, a memory, or or was attached to dreams and imaginary friends. Fairies had brought some of the things, and I had given her the chocolate kisses. She kept them for when she needed them. I managed to say, I see very wisely. As a matter of fact, I did see. To my surprise, Molly gave the bag to me once again several days later. Same ratty bag, same stuff inside. I felt forgiven and trusted and loved. And a little more comfortable wearing the title of father. Over several months, the bag went with me from time to time. It was, it was never clear to me why I did or did not get it on any given day. I began to think of it as a daddy prize and tried real hard to be good so I would get it. In time, Molly turned her attention to other things, found other treasures, lost interest in the game, and grew up. Me? I was left holding the bag. She gave it to me one morning and never asked for its return, so I, I have it still. Sometimes I think of all the times in this sweet life when I must have missed the affection I was being given. A friend calls this standing knee-deep in the river and dying of thirst. So the worn paper sack is there in the box, left over from a time when a child said, Here is the best I've got. Take it. It's yours. Such as I have, I give to thee. I missed it the first time. But it's my bag now. Listen, our Heavenly Father gave the best thing that he had. The Son of God was born in a smelly old stable, love in a manger. As far as we know, the innkeeper totally missed the value of the gift that was in his stable on that first Christmas. Maybe you've missed it before. Don't miss it this year. Let's be like the shepherds who came and bowed down in worship and adoration, because in that manger was a treasure, a gift, too wonderful for words. You are Jesus' most valuable possession. We know that because he gave his life for you. And if you're ready to receive him as the forgiver and leader of your life, these are the treasures that Jesus will be giving to you this Christmas. The gift of joy.
because stuff will leave you empty. The gift of peace, because life is hard. The gift of forever, because it all goes back in the box except your soul. How will you respond to this gift that's too wonderful for words? Maybe you already recognize the emptiness of your stuff, the challenges you face in life, and the fundamental reality that one day everything but your soul is going back in the box. Why not just silently pray, God, before everything in my life goes back into the box? I want to find you. So this Christmas, I commit myself to searching for you. The Bible says all who search for him will find him because he's not far from any of us. Others of you, maybe you've completed your search. You've decided you you are ready to receive Jesus, the indescribable gift. What a Christmas this would be if you made that decision and said, yes, God, this Christmas, this Christmas, I want to receive the gift that's too wonderful for words, Jesus Christ. First John 12 says to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. God, I thank you for just showing us what love looks like. Love in a paper sack, love in a manger, love that gets expressed in ordinary ways and has such deep significance. God, I pray for anybody within the sound of my voice who needs the gift of joy and peace and forever in their life, who needs Jesus Christ in their life. Thank you that when we believe in you, When we put our faith in you, we can receive Jesus as Lord. We lift our prayers in his name. Amen. Amen. Catch you tomorrow. You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. 